welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. Hey, let's introduce ourselves real quick, because we didn't do that the last two episodes. Yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> no one reminded me. I'm Caitlin. I'm Peyton. And I'm Reba. And this season, we are talking about the first book in the Castor Chronicles, a.k.a. Beautiful Creatures by Cami Garcia and Margaret Stoll. This is our third episode. We're getting down into it. Peyton, what happened last time? Okay, so Ethan, who's your typical Southern teenager, which is, but not typical, I don't know how else to say it, in his small Southern town, he hears about this new girl in town, but he hasn't really had much interaction with her or even at all. He keeps having these dreams about this person he's never met before, but he's in love with her and he knows that he's in love with her. And he's falling in the dreams. He's falling in the dreams, yes. And he's trying to grab her so she doesn't fall. Come to find out the new girl is the town shut-in's niece. And everybody's like, oh, no, like, that's terrible. She's a weirdo. So weirdo she's by a- association? Yeah. He has one of these visions, which is the first time he's had it outside of, you know, his dreams. And then he hears this song playing and he's heard this song playing since the beginning of the book called 16 moons he hears it from the band hall he goes running down to the band hall he's like who is playing you know that song and the band director's like oh well we have this new marvelous new addition to the band and he runs he bolts he goes and gets his best friend's car keys and his best friend's like don't do anything stupid and he's like it's too late and that's where we left <laughs> off last time it's too late it's just gonna happen <laughs> so it is september 11th and this chapter is titled collision ethan drove link's car not sure of where he was going just trying to outrun his thoughts all while the sky darkened with the incoming thunderstorm ethan raced down the highway 16 moons blaring through the static on the radio the storm loomed closer and heavier as quoted i wasn't chasing the storm the storm was chasing me and it had found me Rain clouded his vision as he drove down the slick road. Then he noticed a figure. He slammed on the brakes, spotting a set of familiar green eyes staring at him from the middle of the road. He barely avoided the figure. It was a girl, but not just any girl, Lena. Ethan noted her eyes to be too green to even be human in the middle of this storm. They matched the lightning in the sky. It's you, Ethan said. What are you trying to do, kill me? Lena said. You're real. The words felt strange in my mouth, like it was full of cotton. A real corpse, almost, thanks to you. I'm not crazy. I thought I was, but I'm not. It's you. You're standing right in front of me. Not for long. She turned back on me and started up the road. This wasn't going the way I imagined it. I ran up to catch up with her. You're the one who just appeared out of nowhere and ran out into the middle of the highway. She tells him that her car had died on the highway. And then Ethan just makes it weird again. That's just what he does. It was you in the dreams, in the song, that weird song on my iPod. She whirled around. What dreams? What song? Are you drunk or is this some kind of joke? I know it's you. You have the marks on your wrist. She turned her hand over and looked down, confused. These? I have a dog. Get over it. But I knew I wasn't wrong. I could see the face from my dream so clearly now. Was it possible? She didn't know. Strange. Strange. So strange. Does she not know? Is she messing with him? Is she trying to hide something? Is she hiding something? <laughs> Is she hiding something? <laughs> or someone? Um, I don't think we talked about it in the previous two episodes, but I find this series unique. 
with the fact that the girl is the one who's mm-hmm. like the strange person, whatever, like mm-hmm. something's going on there because there's so many YA books that I've read where it's the guy. Well, usually they do that to make up for the lack of personality with the guy. Yeah. I don't think that's why they do that, but they feel like it can justify it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I do love how Ethan is just like straight out about it. Like, yeah, it was you in the dreams. Yeah. Like, he like, doesn't beat around the bush. He's just like, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, most people would have kept that to themselves. Mm-hmm. and Which, I mean, he, like, chased after her for the reason that, like, he heard the song. He knew she was playing it. He knows this weird has <laughs> been happening. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, it's been happening kind of since she came into the picture. So, like, it makes sense. But also, I would have, you know, maybe eased into it in a way a little bit better instead of being like <laughs> he's you were in my dream he's very blunt and nonchalant <laughs> the whole dream thing i've also written stole from <laughs> oh, this totally book. totally for sure putting it out there <laughs> lena insisted on walking home in the middle of the storm back to ravenwood ethan told her that she should have called 911 saying that the car broke down and she was stranded but she only had a learner's permit and didn't want to get in trouble so instead of letting her make the long trek home herself ethan offered her a ride she quickly declined saying maybe she'll just wait for the next guy who almost runs her over she is girl she is she really going at him he said it might take hours and he didn't want her to her being in the weather finally she relented the two got into the car cold and wet from the rain ethan snuck a look over at lena in the passenger seat noting again how pretty she was up close he noticed the faint crescent moon-shaped birthmark on her cheek and the number on her hand had now changed to 152 what does the number mean but okay just taking us out of the story real, real quick and just like if we experienced this where mm-hmm. people write on their hands all the time right yeah if it's a number and you know that it's descending you're kind of like would you be concerned because i definitely would. i would too <laughs> if especially i noticed te- that kind of especially stuff. a teenager you're like that can mean so many things mm-hmm. mine would be like the page number i was on or something <laughs> Then it would go up. Yeah. Unless it's the number of pages you had left to finish the book. Or it's... I did did, uh, read a book that the numbers descended. Mm -hmm. Or like you're counting down to something like fun, you know. Oh, I get to go to this cool concert in 100... 52 days or whatever or um it's gonna be or like i'm graduating yeah or something my birthday yeah it's my birthday <laughs> and i'm getting a car if, if i saw this especially from like the strange new girl i'd be like something is up with that <laughs> on the drive to lena's home ethan asked why she moved to gatlin Lena explained that she had lived with multiple family members all over the south and even in barbados for a bit then he asked her about her parents she told him they were dead which he said sorry to, which she shrugs off saying that they died when she was two, so she doesn't remember them. Ethan admitted that his mom had died too. She said sorry, but he didn't say it was okay because that would have been a lie and he felt like she would know that. I, I feel like that's, it, it's hard to respond to those kind of yeah, things anyway. Yes. But like he acknowledges that she's not like, oh, it's okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. He likes that about her where mm-hmm. she's not just like beating around the bush. Like he says multiple times how he likes how she is who she is and Mm -hmm. she doesn't really try and be anyone else and i feel like that's part of it yeah definitely when they pull up to the manor ethan mentioned how the lightning was gone she stated there would be more to which ethan responded not tonight she agreed with him before she left ethan looked over at her noticing that her eyes were different from before less intense as a shade of green and even smaller somehow normal more normal looking he opened his door to get out but she protested (laughs) <laughs> stating her uncle <laughs> uh, so 
So we were talking about editing notes, if you wondered why I laughed. <laughs> and, and Caitlin said she was editing and the word protested and stating combined into one and she wrote I, I prostating. It, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I was, like it said state mm-hmm. and then I was putting protesting with it but I only got like so far as pro pro and then I had to go to the bathroom so I came back and the word <laughs> prostate was just on the document and I was like what I fixed it it's mm-hmm. fine yeah she fixed it but I just realized where it was <laughs> yeah. made me giggle but she protested stating her uncle was shy she thanked him for the ride to which Ethan responds in that classic teenage boy way it was nothing <laughs> The smile that had been on her lips disappeared at the nonchalance, and she hopped out of the car. Halfway up the drive, Ethan rolled down the window, yelling, She has a glass eye. Lena froze, clearly confused by the statement. Mrs. English, you have to sit on her other side, or she'll make you talk. Lena smiled, looking at him, and said, Maybe I like to talk. Ethan stayed at, started the route back home when he glanced over, noting a shiny object in the passenger seat, a silver button that must have fallen off Lena's jacket. He placed the button in his pocket, wondering what he would dream of tonight. I got a couple things to say about that part. Yes. Him saying, huh, it's cool, it was nothing, whatever. <laughs> and he, like, talks about how he kind of emulated one of the guys on the basketball team and how he kind of, like, shrugs off girls and everything. So that's the choice that he made. And I'm like, you were so forward before about everything. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, oh, it's nothing, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... He's- <laughs> but he's like, okay, this is how you talk to girls because uh-huh. that's the only thing he's seen. Yeah. Is- Which is why I had the smile on her face disappears because she was like, okay, whatever. And then he's like, eh, well, okay. And then she's like... And you kind of think about like, I mean, he's chasing... At- he chased after her and everything, but still in the back of his mind is stuff, you know, about everyone at school... Mm-hmm. Like, what would his friends think? And also, these strange dreams and this girl and everything. And he doesn't know how to react to that. And also, oh, it's a girl. She's really pretty. Like, I kind of want to get to know her more. So, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't know how to act. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. And along with her response. But he tries and makes up for it by, like, yeah. giving her a pointer. But whenever she says, maybe I like to talk, that's bullshit. Girl doesn't want to, like... <laughs> she doesn't yeah. want to be there. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting. I don't know if she, like, wants to be invisible at school or what. She talks a little bit about, like, her school situation later on. But her putting herself, like, front and center in class, being one who talks so much, doesn't th- really fit in with that. I think she wants to be validated. I don't think she necessarily wants people to love her, but mm-hmm. I think she wants to at least be, like, everybody's fine with her. She wants to be normal, pretty yeah. much. She doesn't want to be the one that everybody hates just because mm-hmm. of who she is or how she looks or whatever. Yeah. But, like, if she wanted to, like, fit in in any way, she might make more of an effort to make friends, maybe? Well, she says later that she tried to in some mm-hmm. places, and yeah. it just... It never worked out for her. Like, yeah. eventually they found out who she was. Yeah. Once again, it's really interesting because we don't see from her perspective and, like, about her experiences except for what she tells us. Mm-hmm. She's 15, yeah. which I feel like 15-year-old girls are just a whole other breed. Yeah. So, the next chapter takes place on September 12th, and it is titled Broken Glass. wonder what happens here. Maybe the breaking of glass. <gasps> Do we want to place vets? <laughs> I believe <laughs> some glass shards will fly. And it was Colonel Mustard <laughs> in the billiard room with, with the candlestick. With the candlestick. 
I'm still stuck. For the first time in a long time, Ethan experienced a long, dreamless sleep. How disappointing to him. <laughs> I know. No, well, he-, he was really looking forward to having a crazy ass dream. And then he wakes up and he's like, damn it, nothing happened. <laughs> That's like a kid, like before their birthday, they mm-hmm. go to bed thinking they'll grow like five inches or something the next day. And they wake up and they're like, I'm still the same. <laughs> they're so disappointed. Does that happen to you, Kayla? <laughs> I think it happened to my sister. Oh. He woke up finding zero oddities. You know, no dirt in his <laughs> bed underneath his fingernails. Under, yeah. He didn't smell lemon and rosemary. He didn't smell the lemons and rosemary. He was like, this is weird, which it's normal, but now it's weird because he's gotten used to the weird. Yeah. His thoughts remained on the green-eyed girl. Later that morning, Link pulled the beater up to the curb. Ethan got in and apologized for the rain-soaked interior after last night. And he was like, hey, I'll dry it out later for you. How? I don't know. Link told him, just act normal. Because evidently everyone started talking about Ethan and old man Ravenwood's niece. That's not what happened. What happened? So you went back and corrected me. Everyone was talking about him over Old Man Ravenwood's niece. What? Like, everyone was talking about Old Man Ravenwood's niece, and then he acted batch the day before. And so everybody was- was super bat He ran out of practice like a madman. So everybody was talking about him and not Old Man Ravenwood's niece. And Link wants them to talk about her. He just doesn't want them to talk about his best friend. Aww. Like, they they think you're crazy. I kind of imagine Link and Ethan's relationship to be like Scott and Styles and Teen Wolf yeah. now. Where I, they're just like, they're just bros. They're just looking out for each other. And that's adorable. Ethan told Link that he saw Lena, Lena Duquesne last night. Okay. Link said, I have no idea who you're talking about. So Ethan then clarified in the way that only a Southerner could by their relation. That is another Southern stereotype that we don't see as much in this that we should have done true or false to because how many times have you been like with older people you're like so who are you and you're gonna have to be like well i'm so and so i'm so and so's granddaughter yeah i'm this person's great niece like my great uncle owned a trucking company in the area you have to tell people who you are by your relation Mm -hmm. i know like in conversations they're like oh so and so oh you know like so and so's daughter-in-law's niece or whatever yeah Yeah, those two (laughs) So really, I'm like, how do y'all remember this? Like, I can't keep up. It's their third cousin, twice removed. Yep, yep. But yeah, I have to go back and tell people who my grandparents are on one side and my grandparents are on the other side so they know, because everybody knows my grandma. Like, my my grandma is the town gossip. Just to break it down for you, so my great uncle, who owned the trucking company in the area. He's on the other side of my family, right? Nowhere near related to her. He dies. And before the ambulance even leaves the property, she's calling to tell us that he died. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. It was in Louisiana. <laughs> I don't know how she found it. I don't know. <laughs> That's how she is. <laughs> I still don't know how that happened. But it was like... His dad called his dad mm-hmm. afterwards, and he was like, uh, is Uncle Danny okay? And he's like, yeah, the ambulance just left. And he's like, what? <laughs> she is eight hours away from where we are right now and still somehow managed to know before Bless we did. It. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> On the ride to school, Ethan told his friend about the dreams he's been having for months. 
Link, however, didn't see what all the hubbub was about. It's not like anything happened. You drove her home. Nothing happened? Were you even listening? I've been dreaming about her for months, and she turns out to be... Link cut me off. You didn't hook up or anything. You didn't even go into the haunted mansion, right? And you never saw, you know... Him? Even Link couldn't bring himself to say the name. It was one thing to hang out with a beautiful girl in any situation. It was another thing to hang out with old man Ravenwood. I shook my head. No, but... I know, I know, you're screwed up. I'm just saying, keep it to yourself, dude. All this is on a strictly need-to-know basis. As in, nobody needs to know. I knew that was going to be hard. I didn't know it was going to be impossible. I love Link. I do, too. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> no one needs to know. He wants to be the cool guy, but, yeah. like, there's no way. <laughs> He's the one who's like, ladies, how's it going? And they're like, Hi. <laughs> He wants to be that cool, like, stoner type yes. dude, and he's just, he tries really hard to do it, and he's just not. I'm just, I don't remember there being a lot of interactions between him and another particular character in this book, but I, that's another reason I want to read the other books, because I want to see those interactions, mm-hmm. because I think they're my favorite couple in the series. Oh, they definitely are. And if are. you followed me with the Shiver books, and you know my favorite couple, like, it's it's a different dynamic. But also similar, as in, like, they're side characters together, but they're all who I want to see. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both crazy. They're both crazy. <laughs> Amazing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Walking to English class, Ethan's thoughts drifted back to Lena Duquesne. He couldn't get past the strange feeling that overcame him in her presence. How when he looked at her, he no longer felt trapped in the boundaries of Gatlin. Caught up in these thoughts, he bumped into someone. Only it felt like a tsunami had hit him. Lena. She asked if he was trying to kill her again after last night. <laughs> this statement, of course, caught the attention of everyone around them. Ethan quickly became aware of just what this looked like and grew embarrassed. The town gossips would have a field day with this one. He stumbled with a greeting. However, Lena ignored him and kept walking. Uh, once again, like you see that he is kind of affected by like his friend, friends. Mm-hmm. Cause she his acquaintances. Says, she says a few words to him, but the way mm-hmm. it's said, everyone's like, wait a second. But you were around her? in all fairness, what the town gossip's going to take with the word last night, yeah, it's going to be something exactly promiscuous, uh-huh. and I would be embarrassed by that even. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, I like how it's the girl kind of saying that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like, and the guy being embarrassed about it, because I feel mm-hmm. like in so many other things I've read and watched, like, it's always the, the girl is the one who, and this situation with people, if people misinterpret this, they're still going to see her in a bad light. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But Lena sat down right in front on Mrs. English, in, on Mrs. English's good side, and Ethan took his seat next to her again. The popular girl sat down by Ethan, saying they didn't want him to be up there by himself. Being typically annoying girls, they talk trash about the book they're reading for class. <laughs> I don't understand this. If it's something like our teacher made us read, which is their eyes were watching God, by all means, make fun of it. Make fun of it the entire time. Je- Janie is the donkey. <laughs> Or mule. It's a mule. Like, Janie it's a is mule. the mule. That We said that all the time. Janie is the, the mule. mule. I'm pretty sure I shouted that in the middle of class. You did. When you had the epiphany of it. <laughs> um, and our I'm teacher. I'm surprised I didn't get like a standing O. Like someone <laughs> finally got it. I just think Mr. Johnson looked at you like you were completely insane. <laughs> I could. I can 
justify my answer. You yeah. probably thought that about a lot of us, though. Oh, definitely. I got away with so much shit in there anyways. Oh. We all did. Yeah. <laughs> it was the class itself. But To Kill a Mockingbird is such a good book. And it's definitely relatable to the town. But these are 16-year-old girls who only care about... Cheerleading. Cheerleading and their hair. Yeah. And who they can bring down. How mm-hmm. tan they are. Yeah. They don't care... And they also, even if they did like the book, they're not going to say that because kind of like what Ethan talks about, how he doesn't talk about the books that he reads. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, if you are intellectual in any form and if you read any more than like a children's book, Mm -hmm. then you're seen a certain way, which is dumb. But I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. And the authors are leaning into these stereotypes, just kind of emphasizing them. I don't know. It's very strange that they insert these books into the book. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, To Kill a Mockingbird is, you know, has similar themes mm-hmm. to this book. And so I get it, but it's also, like, kind of corny at the same time. Yeah, there's a few things about this book that I find a little bit corny or a little convenient. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, yeah. if I wrote this, you know, whenever I was 20 or mm-hmm. younger, yeah, I wrote that kind of stuff where it mm-hmm. was very convenient. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that they most, like, of teenage dramas and stuff, they'll take, like, books and stuff for English class that pertain to whatever the story is. Well, I think that's kind of the point for, like, a teen audience, because you can't get too deep in, like, themes and meanings and mm-hmm. stuff, because they don't, they don't get it. They don't it have the mental capability to get it. It sells right over their head. I still don't all the time, <laughs> but I still don't. Is it rude now if I agree that I don't? <laughs> But, I mean, some do have that ability, but I definitely didn't. Mm -hmm. But I knew, like, oh, To Kill a Mockingbird, Boo Radley, like, I got that. Yeah. Even though I've never read the book, Mm -hmm. never been associated with it at all. Yes, there's only one person in this room who's read it. (laughs) That's me. During class, the main girls lit into Lena, making fun of her and her uncle. Ethan tried to shield her from their comment, but as he tried, a voice in his head whispered, you can't. Confused as anyone would be hearing voices in their head that didn't belong to them, Ethan thought he was going crazy. He's just now thinking he's going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he believed the whole Lena situation was just going was just getting to him. Like he was responsible for her because he felt that they wouldn't hate her so much if he hadn't if he wasn't involved himself. The voice started again. They would. The girls kept spouting their insults during the ongoing lecture on to kill a mockingbird mrs english asked about walking a mile in someone's shoes lena responded i think it means you have to give people a chance before you automatically skip to the hating part don't you think so emily Mm. emily responded calling her a freak i was just like first off you're in the middle of class Mm-hmm. And Lena didn't say anything super horrible to mm-hmm. Emily. She was just like, don't you agree? Like, you really need to consider other people before you insist on hating them. Mm-hmm. And then Emily goes, you freak. And I'm like, first off, that's the only insult you got. Yeah. Second off, you're in the middle of class. Right Third now. off, you're proving the point. Yeah, you're proving <laughs> the point. And also, like, you're just so f-ing insecure. Like, even being a freak. I feel like it's not that big of an insult. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clear that if you are responding to this kind of thing in that way, that you are so insecure. Yeah. Which, that's the point of her character. She has She's not a dynamic character No, she's not. She's there to be the mean girl that, for some reason, Ethan dated. Even though you don't get too much about that, I don't think. I think he was just, like... He's following the crowd. He just felt yeah. like he had to. Mm-hmm. 
Then the teacher inquired about the character of Boo Radley. While Emily compared Boo Radley to Macon Ravenwood, going so far as to say Old Man Ravenwood probably lured kids into his house and killed them using the hearse to transport their bodies, the voice of Ethan's head grows louder, going, Shut up! As if to Emily's comment. Girls continued the taunts, and the voice rang in Ethan's head. Then it yelled, Enough! The vast pressure in the room burst, causing the window to shatter. Everyone hunkered down, chaos soon ensuing. Lena remained rooted in her spot, face pale, eyes wide and green, just like in the rain. But now, her expression shifted, seemingly frightened. Blood drips from the cuts on her hands. The voice emanates in Ethan's head, saying, I didn't mean to. Ethan immediately started making conclusions. But before he can reach Lena, she bolted out of the room. The girls stare after her, blaming Lena for the broken glass saying she must have punched it or something. Ethan couldn't help but wonder about Lena's involvement as well, stating a green-eyed storm had just rolled into town, Hurricane Lena. Gatlin had never seen a storm like this, and she probably didn't even know it was raining. That last part, and she probably didn't even know it was raining, that part kind of confused me. Lena didn't know what trouble was behind her or whatever, Mm -hmm. like... What trouble she left behind? She didn't know that this was just the beginning. Maybe? I don't know. Maybe we're dumb. Is this the way that Ethan's telling the story to us? Is it written with knowledge of what is to come? Yeah. Okay. I believe so. That kind of shifts some things in my mind. I do like the end of a lot of these chapters, how they have kind of this ominous line that you're like, ooh. Southerners are known for their one-liners, though. So (laughs) Oh, yes. You had to do it. Yes. So, Lena broke the freaking window. that That's what happened, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the problem <gasps> I have with this... Okay, so in the book, they're like, she obviously punched the window. And, like, she obviously punched a window. Uh-huh. And the glass is on the inside yeah. of the room. We never said they were smart. I just thought one I mean, person- they're trying to find an explanation, too. Yeah. Well, the smart person, of course, is Ethan. And Ethan's just jumping to conclusions. And then he yeah. she runs away freaking. At least Mrs. English is like, now, guys, I'm pretty sure it's just an old window and it was the wind. So the way that the window broke had to do with the pressure in the room. I'm guessing everyone's ears were popping, too. That would be me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, but only one window broke. In the movie, it was like... Yeah, it was, yeah. It was like one wall of windows, and it Remember was all the of song and, like, the preview with that part? No, it I was, don't. It was Seven Devils by Florence the Machine, and it was such a moment. You don't remember that? No, we should watch that after. <laughs> oh, by the way, for this playlist, it's probably all going to be Florence and the Machine. Yeah, I you mean, get, there's a few, but... How can you get more winchy, witchy than Florence, <laughs> Florence and the Machine? Winch. Winch. We have some time on our hands, so we are going to take a little quiz. What's the name of this quiz? What type of book nerd are you? What type of book nerd are you? Are you a snobby book nerd? Is there one genre that definitely meant to be your soulmate? Mm. Take this quiz and find out just what type of book nerd you are. Okay. (laughs) There are eight questions. Yeah, there's eight questions to this. We're going to read the question and put our answers in and discuss, you know. So number one, when do you usually buy new books? So we got, I pre-order them. Duh. When I see them in stores, I plan ahead and try for release week. When I see them online, when my friends convince me to, 
or after I read and loved the library copy? I don't think my answer is on here. I don't think mine is either. I like, I have to think about them for a long time. Mm -hmm. Unless I'm like really excited Uh about it, maybe. I don't pre-order though usually. I've never pre-ordered a book. The only one I ever done was Midnight Midnight Sun. Sun, You didn't get it. That's my fear. Yeah. I don't know. Mine is like, I'll hear about a book Mm -hmm. and then I'll like, oh, that's interesting. And then all of a sudden one day it'll hit me like, you need this book right yeah. now. And then I'll go and get it at, you know, a store mm-hmm. or order it online. Yeah, mine basically boils down to when I see them in stores because I'll find books I want and look at them online and mm-hmm. then save them and be like, I want this book. But then I usually don't buy it until I see it in a store. Yeah, yeah I'm going to put when I see it in stores. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to put when I see them online because most of the books I buy are online because it's cheaper. All right, so next question is, what is your favorite cover color? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. So we have navy blue. Oh, you want to describe them then? Uh, yeah, she's, she's going to be very specific. Yeah, I was she just is. like, blue. blue. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> navy blue, midnight black, <laughs> canary yellow, <laughs> blood red, <laughs> pelican gray, sea foam, yeah, I was gonna say green, eggshell. and would you say that's more lavender or periwinkle i don't don't know colors everyone's like women are very specific specific about color names and i'm like i just say purple yeah it is a purple cover color it depends honestly i don't care mine's between my two favorite colors i honestly you're actually talking about this yesterday yes i was I honestly kind of don't care either, but it also depends on the color of the font. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with black. I like that with black. Black. I think the Twilight fan of me is mm-hmm. just kind of drawn to that. See, I kind of like the white versions of yeah. the Twilight Really, series. I like, like dynamic cover covers with like... White is my going on. least favorite. I'm going to say white. Unless there's like a bright, punchy look to it. Which of these is most important? Oh my gosh, I don't know! Plot, writing, characters, the ships, cover, or genre. I feel like I, I can already nix one of those real yeah, fast. Yeah, cover is not important. Cover, genre, I can nix. Um, the ships. Okay, I read a lot of romance, mm-hmm. so I feel like the relationships mm-hmm. are very important. But if I'm diving into something else, yeah, you then didn't. it's less important. I feel like mine's going to be either the plot or the writing, because usually if I don't like a book, it boils down to the bad writing. Yeah. Yeah. Mine? Mine's probably going to be the writing. Mine's the characters. So what was yours, Reba? I'm going to say writing. Okay. (laughs) This one? (laughs) You read it, Reba. What do you snack on while reading? So we have pretzels, uh, gummy worms, a smoothie, chips and queso. That's guac, man. That's well, that's in our green. case, it would be chips and queso. I like me some guacamole. Don't hate. I mean, I'm not going to pick that one anyway. And french fries. Then we also have, um, I'm not risking staining my book. Yeah, you know how many chocolate stains I have in books of mine? <laughs> many. I'm just glad it's just chocolate. Um, I need something I don't have to like pay attention to. I have to pay a, a lot of attention to the gummy worms because I like to eat those in a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just me? That's a very Caitlin What's thing to say. What's your favorite sour gummy worm flavor? Mm. They all taste the same. No, they don't. Well, you are a <laughs> bald face liar. Get out! 
I want to say, is it? I eat them in handfuls, so they yeah, they all taste the same. Oh my gosh! What kind of occultist are you? Here's what I do: I like bite off my least favorite end of one, bite off my least favorite one of the other, and then weld those two together. My favorite is the pink and blue ones. So. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But Those I was are my like, kids' favorites, too. But I was like, is it strawberry and blue raspberry, or is it oh, something else? I don't know. It's pink and blue. They don't have flavored names. It's pink and blue. Some of them, I, I do like the orange and yellow sometimes, if it's like mango and pineapple or something. Mm. Some some of them do that. Um, I'm going to go with the smoothie, because usually that is what I'm drinking. Well, it really depends. I could do any of that. Okay, I don't eat while I'm reading, mm-hmm. because I don't... I'm too ADD for that. Like, I'm just going to get distracted by eating and not actually pay attention to words. But if I were to, it'd be gummy worms because those are my favorite. Every time I eat, I have to be doing something anyway. Like, I can't just sit there and eat. Usually, I'm watching something, but sometimes I am reading. So, And then afternoons, I love, like, getting my smoothie, getting my coffee, and then either, like, uh, watching YouTube or working on writing or reading. So, I would usually have a drink, but it's not necessarily a smoothie. So, I'm going to go with the pretzels. I picked the gummy worms. Hey, choose a bookmark. The first one we have Resan from A Court of Thorns and Roses series. <laughs> As a little chibi character. That has to be who that is. Mm-hmm. The next one we have the Ray Dunn writing that says bookmarks are for quitters. Which makes no sense. The next one, I have no idea. Is it from a bookstore? I think it's like, yeah, from a bookstore or something. Um, and it's got a, it says extravaganza books and then has a quote on it that says reading is fundament- fundamental. Yeah. And then we have a one with probably like a Pride and Prejudice quote. Yeah, I think that's what that is. We have one that is glittery with spelled out the word bookworm. And then we have the little gold clippy ones that mm-hmm. you just put at the top. I think I will go with gold clippy ones because that's closest to the I'm gonna do that I have. So whenever I'm not reading, I'll put it in my hair. Of course. <laughs> so I don't lose it. Hell. I'm going to be honest. The, it's a Harry Potter question. Damn my fundamentalist Christian household. <laughs> I'm between two. The last bookmark I've been using is one that I bought. That's kind of not like, but kind of like the Pride and Prejudice one. Uh-huh. And the other ones I use are ones from a bookstore. Yes. Realistically, I don't use bookmarks. No, I don't, don't think any of us. Well, you don't use a bookmark at all. Reba. <laughs> I use different things for bookmarks. I use different things for bookmarks if I don't have any on hand. I take a risk. Kaylin just is like, oh, I'll just remember it for my Goodreads. And then she doesn't put it in Goodreads. I go back to it and I'm like, what the f- page am I? And I'll like reread two chapters before mm-hmm. I realize. Like, oh. Okay, I'm picking the Pride and Precious looking one. That was my second choice. I just know I have something similar to the heart ones. I like the magnetic ones, too. Those are fun. Yeah. Which Harry Potter character is your favorite? Now, Peyton, who are these people? I don't recognize any of them, but the (laughs) old woman. I think that's the point. So we have Ginny Weasley, Neville Longbottom. We got Hagrid. We got Fleur. We got Cho Chang. Cho Chang. And then we have McGonagall. In the book? (laughs) I like Ginny in the book, but I don't love her interpretation in the movie, which kind of... Well, it's a book-themed yeah. quiz. I like Neville, but... Because I feel like he really grows up and everything. Yeah, I'm, comes p- into I'm picking Neville. I'm going to pick Jenny strictly for uh, telling everybody that Harry had a dragon tattoo. Because <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts that never made the movie. Oh, What about is his name Hagrid? Is he a good guy? Oh, he's the best guy. Okay, he's who I'm picking. He seemed like a kind soul. 
choose a genre. Woo! Fantasy, sci-fi, romance, literary, thriller, and dystopian. Mine's easy right now, but... Yeah. I like a few of these together. We'll see, like, mine... Yeah, mine are always a combination of one of these mm-hmm. with romance, so... Yeah. Well, like, I like literary, and I like dystopian. Like, my favorite books are dystopians, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to go with literary. I'm picking romance. I'm picking romance, because even the fantasy that I read, it's got to be pretty romance-heavy. What if I've already read one? I know, I was like, I bet Caitlin's read at least one of these. Well, there's a Cassandra Clare in there. So this question is, which of these do you want to read the most? I feel like this has to do when this quiz was made. This quiz was made in 2018, so that's why. So we have Children of Blood and Bone, Little Fires Everywhere, Fury Born, which I've never heard of, Leah on the Offbeat, Wuthering Heights, and then Queen of Air and Darkness. Most of these I don't know what they're about. Yeah, I'm picking Wuthering Heights just because I've picked it up before. I'm going to pick the one I've already read, which is Queen of Air and Darkness, which took me 5,000 years to read. Since I don't know it. Well, other than Wuthering Heights, since I don't know what any of the rest of them are about, I'm just going to pick one. I have seen the show Little Fires Everywhere, so I know what that's Mm -hmm. about. I'm going to pick Children of Blood and Bone. Sounds cool. Wait a minute. I just realized there's something similar to that. Did we read a Little Red Riding Hood retelling? Not to my knowledge. I Mm. feel like I know what you're talking about, and I feel like there is one, but I can't think of what book it is. I have before, but y'all didn't read it. I think we did. Okay, we'll come back to that later. (laughs) Okay, who wants to go first? I want one of y'all to go first. I am the overly invested book nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I think they agree. It says, you are a sucker for character-driven story, and ensembles are definitely your weakness. (laughs) (laughs) I love side characters who just, like, (laughs) add to this. I do love a good ensemble, like, more than just a couple characters, just, like, a whole cast, as long as I can keep up with who is who. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. Like, I love books. For example, it talked about Queen of Air and Darkness, which features a big family where there's six kids. Mm-hmm. And I love that dynamic because mm-hmm. it's just so much fun. So I agree with that. It says, you might love them all a little too much, but let's be real. The limit does not exist. <laughs> so I agree. Yeah. I agree. Reba, you want to go next? Sure. Is the aesthetic book nerd. Yeah. <laughs> the accuracy. Yeah. Are your little poetry books. One day you'll have the most beautiful bookshelf in all the land. You are all about the bookish aesthetic and you have definitely been known to judge a book by its cover. <laughs> For sure. So far they're accurate. I got the snobby book nerd. <laughs> That's so true. You're a snobby book nerd and there's absolutely no shame in that. You know what you like and you're not going to waste your time with books you don't think are worth it. Own it, book nerd. And continue to be a legend. <laughs> Why were these so accurate? <laughs> because we answered the questions. The, okay, there was another quiz that was down at the bottom of mine. It says, do you actually hate these YA book tropes? Yeah, that, that's what's on mine, too. It says, do you actually hate these YA book tropes? We felt our hearts begin to race. A breath we didn't know we were holding loosened itself as we opened the quiz, asking for <laughs> our opinions on the tropes we see in some of our favorite books. And now we want your opinion. Do you actually hate these tropes? Ooh, okay. Oh, this is... I love the first one. Do you like an obscure, vaguely threatening prologue? Love it. Loathe it. Sometimes it's necessary. I'm gonna say love it. I kind of love it, too. Loathe it. I hate prologues. Get me into the story. As someone who has written prologues, get me into the story. 
I love how she does stuff she doesn't like I today. Know, right? That's I what I was thinking. Too. It helps the story. If I mm-hmm. just wrote about stuff that I loved, people would be like, oh, this is so boring. Because I'm just like, cuteness. Ooh. I love triangles. If they are done well. Yeah, I was going to Which s- is so rare. Sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes. If they are done like Stephanie Meyer. I love that, so. But, y'all, like the Infernal Devices, that is a love triangle. Mm-hmm. That breaks my heart. Uh, love at first sight. I'm going to say I loathe it. Loathe it. Best friend or sibling disappears. Is it a mystery? I haven't read a lot of that. I'm going to say sometimes it's necessary. Yeah. I'm going to go with sometimes. Yeah, I usually don't like that, but I'll go with the sometimes it's necessary. The chosen one. The chosen one. I think that's every one of them. Um, I'm kind of torn. I kind of like it. Sometimes I'm just, like, over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends. But most of the time, I like it. Like, I would love to read something where it's, like... Not the chosen yeah. one. Yeah. A breath they didn't know they were holding. <laughs> if you read that in a book, you're like... I'm gonna put loathe it. <laughs> I'll loathe it, too. How do you not know you're holding your breath? Oh, no, I've done that. I like this one. Someone was secretly royal the whole time. I f- love this. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, too. Love it. Love, love it, it, love it, love it, love it. Secret lifelong love. What does that mean? Maybe they're old now and... That's just sad. I said maybe they're old now and they're just waiting for each other. Loathe it. Loathe it. I'm gonna say love it. Their parents aren't their parents. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who's read this? I haven't. Well, Mortal Instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like it now. The dark one. The dark one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think, yeah, if it was done well, I would love it. I haven't read a lot. Parents are conveniently absent. It's literally every book we've ever read. I don't like it. However, sometimes it is necessary because if the parents were there. Yeah, it, it wouldn't move Yeah, Yeah. Or like it's, it's part of the character. Like we think back to Shiver with Grace, like that was part of her character. But I don't like it. I'm going to say love it. <laughs> I bet sometimes it's necessary. The corner of his mouth quirked. Love it. <laughs> I do too. I'm gonna say loathe it. <laughs> it's just a classic. She felt her heart begin to race. Um, eh. say it better. Say it better. No, I'm saying as an author, say mm-hmm. that better. Like whenever authors are writing that, mm-hmm. don't say she felt her heart begin to race. Say it better. Her heart sped up. Or like make it pretty. Yeah. As someone who has written this line several times recently. Mm-hmm in a first draft mm-hmm. also just the word felt in your prose take it out mm-hmm. not all the time but, but a majority the time, take of it time. out it's just unnecessary yeah i'm gonna say sometimes it's necessary the token diverse character explain so what authors like to do and a lot of times it's primarily white authors they feel the need to have diversity in their book you know racially usually or sexually whatever orientation so they have a character who kind of stands for that is assigned a stereotype well the cast is white and there's one black character or the Mm -hmm. cast is straight and there's one gay character Mm -hmm. or whatever and it's not just 
diverse. Like diverse means there's many people with many different backgrounds coming in there. Mm-hmm. But they just put this one person in there to stand for all of that. And that person does become a stereotype a lot because they're the ones who are talking about like certain injustices and sorts. Mm-hmm. Like the, that's the reason they exist. I've read books like that, but I think there just needs to be like overall more diversity. More yeah. diversity. Multicolored eyes, no whiskey colored eyes. No whiskey colored eyes. Whiskey colored eyes are fine. I've just read four books in the past month where eyes were described as whiskey colored. I'm like, do we have another description? <laughs> Multicolored eyes? What did, like, heterochromia? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Either that or their eyes shift colors like Lena's. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to say sometimes it's necessary. I think I've talked about before, like, why is eye color always pointed out so mm-hmm. much? Because I don't notice people's eye color. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one's love it for Caitlin. Hate to love romance. Love it. You know what I want more of? Love to hate. (laughs) Romance. Love to hate romance. I love enemies to lovers. I love rivals to lovers. Like, give it to me. Mm -hmm. I'm reading right now. It's um, called An Enemies with Benefits. Yeah. They're at that point now where they're catching some feelings. But still, I'm like, I'm all about it. (laughs) About conveying words with a look. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. It's how I communicate with people on yeah. the daily, so I don't have a problem with it. Protagonists who will sacrifice themselves. Love it. I hate it when they don't tell anyone. They don't even tell us as the readers. Mm-hmm. And then it just starts happening. I'm going to say sometimes. Ooh. <gasps> Villain redemption. Yes. We love it. I love this. We I also stand want the opposite. <laughs> we stand a Zuko character. Protagonist doesn't realize their own beauty. Loathe it. Loathe it. Yes. If you're hot, say you're hot. Own it. Own it. Someone reveals they are too terminally ill. Well, the results are in. <laughs> I have breast cancer. <laughs> Name the movie. <laughs> it depends what mm. the context is, what the book is. Yeah. If it's like a contemporary, then and it like drives the plot, really. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's necessary. Yeah, sometimes. Let's split up. No, no, love no. it, loathe it. If I'm really into the like into them being together, that's gonna piss me off. Yeah, training montage, loathe it. I love, I loathe any montage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do, especially in a book. Like, come on, man. I'm gonna skip over it if it's training anyway. So loathe it. OTP is tragically kept apart. I loathe it. Sometimes it's necessary. Yeah, I agree with you. Especially Caitlin. if it benefits their relationship in the long run. I've read a lot of romances like that where they need that separation for a little bit. If you have any comments, questions, or otherwise about what we discussed here today on the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, go to our Instagram and look at our recent Instagram picture and comment there and we'll get back to you just as soon as we can. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we so damn awkward today? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Let's Call It Nothing podcast. We will see you next time picking up with more beautiful creatures. I'm so excited for next week. Joy. It's something to look forward to. Bye. Bye. I just called my mom, not meaning to, so you know. <laughs>
<laughs> I'll take that part out. Hold on. I'll, if you can insert this, that woman. 